0: We are on Yavamo's Mem Amarala 48.2 in the Scroll Gemara. We are beginning a new Mishnah. And I hope to cover the Mishnah on the entire Gemara. And the Gemara's commentary on the Mishnah in this one recording. Uh, This Mishnah discusses the fact that when it comes to Yibam, when a person does Yibam, so then he also inherits the property of the deceased brother. Of the deceased brother he inherits the property and... There is a dispute in the Mishnah about a case where what happens if their father is still alive. In general, in a regular case of Yerusha, of inheritance, a son's estate goes to the father. It goes All of it goes to the father if the father is alive. And so what would happen in a case like this where Yibam is done and the father is alive? So we will see what the Mishnah says about that uh, right now. But the Mishnah, So the Mishnah says, <laughs> A person who does not Yibam, the first case is or a person does chalitza. They decided to do chalitza and not So he's like any of the other brothers with respect to the inheritance. Um, and we'll see the commentary of the Gemara, what one would have thought. Uh, perhaps he should get less. Maybe he should really get less because since he's the one who does chalitza, he's the one who is initiating this separation, really. Uh, this Some form of a divorce uh, with... Uh, the sister-in-law, so therefore maybe he should really get less, but no, he gets he gets the same amount as any of the other brothers. They divide up the Yerusha, the inheritance of the deceased uh, brother. Vimyei Av, if the father is still alive, so then all of it goes to the father. Nechazam Shalav, the entire estate belongs to the father. Again, this first case is a case where Chalitza was done. The second case now is says Ivimto. What happens if they actually do Yibum? If the brother-in-law does yibum, so the first opinion says, Zachar achasim shelachav, he gets to inherit the entire estate of the deceased brother. That's the first opinion. And the first opinion says this, even in a scenario where the father is still alive. Even if the father is still alive, and even though in general we say that the father is the one who inherits the entire estate of his son, in this case, because he's doing yibum, so therefore, according to the first opinion, he inherits the entire estate of the brother. Rabbi Yehuda argues, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, no, Rabbi Yehuda says no. When does the yavam, the brother-in-law, inherit his brother's estate? That's only if there is no father who's alive. Uh, but if there's a father who's alive, certainly it goes entirely to uh, the father. And that is the position of Rabbi Yehuda. How do we understand this dispute between the first, the first opinion and the second opinion of Rabbi Yehuda? How, how do, should we understand this dispute? So, some of the later commentators explain as follows: According to Rabbi Yehuda, when the Yavam, when the Torah tells us that the Yavam uh, has the uh, is the one who inherits from his deceased brother, uh, that is only an idea of Kadima. He is the first one amongst the brothers when it comes to the brothers and dividing up between the brothers. So he's really the first one who should get between the brothers. He's Yorish, inherited, but he's the first one and he should get all of it as a brother. However, if there's a father who is alive, and in general we say that the father is the first one to get. If there's a father alive, he gets, He gets. the father really gets uh, the entire inheritance, the entire estate of his son. So therefore, that's why Rebutus says it goes to the father. According to the first opinion, no. When we say that the yavam inherits, it means that he always inherits. He always inherits the estate of his brother, even if there's a father who's alive. And it works midin Yerusha. It works as a form of inheritance. There is, however, another explanation within the first opinion who says that it's not really working ...as an inheritance... ...as Midin Yerusha, as an inheritance of the deceased brother... ...no, that's not how it's really working... Uh, ...conceptually, the way this is working... ...according to the, to the first opinion... ...is that through Yibum, ...the brother-in-law who does Yibum, ...it's like he's really... ...taking over... ...the marriage of the deceased brother... ...so it's not working as inheritance... ...that after his brother passed away... So ...therefore he inherits his brother's estate... ...no, he's taking, he's taking over the marriage... ...for his brother... And so it's sort of like, it just becomes, it's a continuation of that marriage to a certain degree. And he just continues, and he, he fits into that role of the deceased brother. So it automatically becomes his, it becomes his, because he enters into the role of the deceased brother, and therefore the entire inheritance, sorry, the entire estate of the, of the deceased brother goes to the yav, to the brother-in-law. So it's a, it's a slightly different conceptual understanding. It's not working as inheritance, but it's really as the fact that the Yavam, the brother-in-law sort of uh, steps into the shoes of the deceased brother and it automatically becomes his. So it's a very interesting approach. Let's see the Gemara uh, on, this, on this Mishnah. The Gemara says in the first case, again, the first case was a case of chalitza. So chalitza is done. Um, and we said that if Khalitza is done, so then all the brothers, even the brother who did Khalitza, they divide up the Yerusha, the estate of the brother, um, evenly, and this is assuming that there's no father. If there's a father, so then the father gets it. So the Gemara says, isn't this obvious? It's obvious that uh, they should divide it up evenly. So the Gemara says, "No." This is what one would have thought. One would have thought as follows: that maybe chalitza is really some sort of quasi form of yibum. It really takes the place of yibum. It's like you are connected and then getting divorced. Yibum is where you really connect and get married. But the one who does khalitsa, it's like they connect and then get divorced. It sort of takes the place of yibam, and so therefore maybe he should really get the entire estate. At least at this stage, the Gemara, the Gemara says, maybe there's, one could entertain the possibility that the brother that does khalitsa should get the entire estate, because it's as if he's sort of marrying her and then and then get, divorcing her, doing khalitsa with her. Kamashwala no, now the mission tells us that they have to divide it evenly. The one who does khalitsa doesn't get more. The Gemara rejects this answer, this option, to say that, the, what did we think? one would have thought that he should get more by doing Chalitha the Gemara rejects this answer by saying it doesn't fit with the language of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, The Mishnah says, it's sort of. the Mishnah sounds like from the language of the Mishnah that uh, really he does get. The language of the Mishnah is that he gets like one of the brothers. Meaning, one would have thought that he shouldn't get it all to the opposite extreme, that he shouldn't get it all. No, he really gets like one of the brothers. If it's really true, that what we, what we would have thought is that he should get the entire thing. It's like he did Yibam, so then the mission should have used the language that he only gets as if he's one of the brothers. He only gets because he's one of the brothers. Uh, and that's what he only gets, but that's not the language of the mission. The, the language of the mission is that he gets as much as any of the other brothers. He's like any of the other brothers, and that language implies that what, what we would have thought is not that he should get more, it's that he really should have gotten less, so the, so the Gemara explains this is what really we would have thought if we didn't have the Mishnah. El They can't say that maybe there's a knas, there's a fine since he didn't do yibum, which is also relates to discussions that we've had over the past week. Uh, according to this explanation really it's better to do Yibam. It is better to do yibam, but be, and because he chose to do chalitza it's some form of a we penalize him. We penalize him to say that maybe he shouldn't really inherit even as one of the brothers he shouldn't inherit the estate of the, of the deceased brother, Kamashmala. no, the Mishnah, that's what, what we would have thought. The Mishnah tells us, no, that he does inherit. We do not make such a kna, such a fine. We do not penalize him. He could be yorish. He could inherit just as much as any of the other brothers. Okay? That ends the first part of, of the Mishnah. One, one additional line before we discuss the second half of the Mishnah. imesham The Mishnah said that if there's a father, so then the father gets everything. And the brothers get nothing and the father gets everything. This is a general rule. This is a general rule that the father takes precedence over all of the other descendants. The father, if his son passes away, God forbid, so then he uh, he inherits from the entire estate and uh, the brothers do not get anything. Okay, now let's discuss, let's, uh, the rest of the Gemara discusses the second half of the Mishnah, the case where you do Yibam. Until now we've been discussing what happens if you do Chalitza, now we're, we will discuss the case of Yibam. What's the source for this idea that if you do Yibam, then you inherit the estate of the deceased brother, my time? up al-shim achiv al-marachmana The Pasuk says, the verse says, and we've had this also earlier, that he, Ya'akom al achiv, he takes the place of the deceased brother. And he did that. By performing Yibam, he has succeeded his brother. And so therefore, he, since he succeeded his brother, so therefore, um, he should... Inherits uh, the brother's estate. We had in, the, in a Gemara earlier, who, which elaborated on this idea, that this is really derived from the word come, uh, that the word come and yakum is connected to uh, inheritance, the laws of inheritance, and so therefore that's how we know that uh, the brother in law, the yavam, the person who does yibam, uh, inherits from the estate of the deceased brother. The Gemara now discusses the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Omer. So again, there was a dispute. What happens if the father is alive? According to the first opinion in the Mishnah, even if the father is alive, uh, the brother still gets, the one who did Yibam still uh, inherits the estate of the deceased brother. Rabbi Yehuda argues and says, no, if the father is alive, so then it goes to the father. It does not go to the yabam. The only time, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that it goes to the yabam is if the father is no longer alive. So Amr Ula Ula says, Halachik <laughs> Rabbi Yehuda, v'khin Rabbi there are two opinions that say that we follow the opinion, the position of Rabbi Yehuda. And then they explain his position. What's the logic behind Rabbi Yehuda? My time it's Rabbi Huda. What's the logic behind Rabbi Yehuda? Because the verse says, The verse says, And it should be that the firstborn, which was born, that's the beginning of the verse, and then it says that he should take the place of his brother. Now, when it says firstborn, it doesn't really mean firstborn. It really means uh, what we've had earlier is the oldest child. But why does it use the word the firstborn, to tell us that it has a similar law to a firstborn? Ki Ma lo hainami Just like a firstborn uh, does not get any of the Yerusha, any of the inheritance, if his father is still alive, from his brother, he doesn't get anything if his father is still alive. So to here too. Uh, the yavam would not get anything as long as the father is still alive, and that is the position of Rabbi Yehuda. From the fact that the verse uses the word bechor, uh, it teaches us that uh, just like a bechor, just like a firstborn, would not inherit from his from a deceased brother while the father is alive. So, to over here, he would not inherit even if he's the yavam uh, from the deceased brother if his father is alive. So, the Gemara asks, "Well, wait a minute. If we're going to connect it to bechor, let's link it in another way as well." If it's true that he's like a Bechor, like he's a firstborn, so then let's say, fine, so let's say the entire inheritance goes to the father. But once the father passes away, so then since he's a firstborn, there's a rule that assuming that there's no will, uh, there's a rule that the way the Torah divides up the Yerusha, the inheritance, is that the firstborn gets double. He receives a double portion of uh, and then the rest is split up amongst the uh, the other brothers, but the oldest gets receives a double portion. So the Gemara here says, and Rashi elaborates that Soto over here, he should get a double portion. Why? He should get his portion, and as a yavam, he should also get the deceased brother's portion because he sort of took his place. So he should be viewed as a bechor and receive a double portion. So why don't we say that he receives a double portion? The verse refers to him as a bechor, so maybe he should really receive a double portion once the father passes away. The verse says no. Where it says no. The verse says that he replaces the brother. It never says that he replaces the father, that he he succeeds the father, the name of his father. It doesn't say that. It, the only time he would be Yorish, he would, he would inherit uh, more than others, is if he's inheriting directly from his brother after doing yibum. But once he does yibum and it goes to the father, so it's done. It's a done story. He's not, he's not succeeding. The verse doesn't say that he... He, he replaces the father if he, he succeeds uh, to, to the name of his father. It doesn't say that. And so therefore he would not receive a double portion if the father was alive and then passed away after. Afterwards, he would not receive a double portion from his father. So the Gemara continues to question Rabbi Huda and says, The Gemara says, wait on, hold on a second. We just said, according to Rabbi Yudah, that if the father's alive, so then he does not inherit anything from the Yavam, the brother-in-law does not inherit anything from his deceased brother, even after doing Yibam. And the word says, if that's the case, so maybe the whole mitzvah of Yibam doesn't apply. If he doesn't inherit the land and the estate, so then he should also not have a mitzvah of Yibam. Maybe the entire mitzvah of Yibam is connected to whether or not you inherit. And since it goes to the father, because the father's alive, maybe there is no mitzvah of Yibam when the father is alive. Maybe the mitzvah of Yibam only applies... If there is no father who's alive at this time, but if the father's alive, just like he does not inherit the estate, maybe there is no mitzvah Yibam. So the answer is no, we can't say that. No, it's not connected to the fact that he inherits the estate. The, the two have nothing to do with each other. There's a mitzvah of Yibam. That applies always, whether the father's alive or not. Whenever his uh, brother passes away without any children, there's a mitzvah of Yibam. Whether or not he inherits the estate of his deceased brother, that's a separate question. And that depends, according to Rabbi Huda at least, that depends on whether or not the father is alive. But it's really two separate issues. The question assumed it was one issue. The answer is that no, it's really two separate issues. So Yosef, the Gemara now concludes with the following idea. And this is the conclusion of the Gemara on this Mishnah. And in the next recording, we will begin the next Mishnah. Yosef, Rabbi Hanina, Korach, Hamei, Rabbi Chanina. The Kara, the, uh, the scriptural expert, um, he was sitting in front of Rabbi Yanai, he said, Rabbi Yehuda. He said that the law is like Rabbi Huda. He said this in front of Rabbi Yanai. heard this, on am He said, Puk He said, You, you're the expert in, in, in psukim and in verses. Take it outside, meaning, <laughs> I disagree with you. How could you say that the law is like Rabbi Huda? He says, Rabbi Yehuda. We do not follow the position of Rabbi Huda. That was uh, incident number one. Incident number two, Tane Tane Kameh uh, Nachman, there was somebody who was teaching the Braisas, following Braisa in front of Rav Nachman, in Rabbi Yehuda. The, the Braisa says that we do not follow Rabbi Huda. So Rav Nachman said, if we do not follow Rabbi Yehuda, so then who do we hold? Like Kir Rabbanan. Is, is the point of the Braisa to teach me that we follow the Rabbanan, the first position that says that the Yavam, the brother-in-law, does inherit from his deceased brother, if he did Yibam, even if the brother is alive, is the brysat really coming to teach me that I follow uh, the first opinion, the Rabbanon? Pshita, it's obvious, I don't need a brysat to tell this to me. Yechud <laughs> The first position was the majority, that's why it didn't have a specific name. And in general, there's a rule that when it comes to halacha, in terms of deciding halacha, we follow the majority. So we don't need to have a, a brysat to tell me that we follow the majority, that we follow the first position, the would, I would need the breyser to tell me something different, something that I would not have thought of. But everyone knows that we follow the majority. So he says, Amr once he heard Rav Nachum say this, saying this, he's Ismei. He asks, uh, should I now remove this breyser? Should I erase this breyser? Is it an incorrect breyser? So Rav Nachum says, Amr no, don't. Don't erase it. At halachas noich, It must have been uh, that the, the brysa really must have said The halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda Not that it's not like Rabbi Yehuda It must be that the brysa said The halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda And the point of the brysa is to tell us Don't think we should follow the majority No, we do follow the position of Rabbi Yehuda But, but uh, you yourself You have a good question Because in general we follow the majority And because of your question That's why you reversed the brysa. You changed the brysa uh, Because he didn't have it in front of you uh, and you changed it because of your question, because we generally follow the majority, but nevertheless, even though you changed it, and the Braiths originally said that the Halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda, but you have a very good point. You have a good point that we follow the majority. And so, once you reversed it, it was correct to reverse it, and the Halacha really is not like Rabbi Huda. That's not what the prices said. There's no point for the Bryce to say that. The has said the law is like Rabbi Yehuda, but you changed it, and what you changed was correct, because the truth is, is that we should not follow Rabbi Yehuda, because we follow the majority. And that is the conclusion of the Gemara. So again, we had this big dispute between the first opinion and Rabbi Huda. The first opinion is the majority. The first opinion says that the yavam, the brother-in-law who does yibam, is your rei. He does inherit the estate of the deceased brother, even if his father is alive. Rabbi Huda says no. If the father is alive, he does not inherit. If his father is not no longer alive at the time that the deceased, at the time of yibam, uh, so if he's no longer alive. Uh, Rabbi Yehuda agrees that he is Yorish he does inherit but if he's alive so then he does not inherit and that is the dispute between the first opinion and Rabbi Huda. we saw how some people follow the position of Rabbi Huda, but others say that no we should follow the majority we follow the majority and therefore we would follow the first position which is the majority we will continue with the next mission and the next recording